This podcast is presented to you by the Young Adults Ministry of Faith Chapel San Diego. To find out more, please visit faithchapelsd.com. We're going to dive into this series right here. Father, we love you. Thank you for who you are. You're beautiful. Thank you for coming and instructing us tonight. Our hearts are ready to receive from you. Won't you come do what only you could do? In Jesus' name, amen? You, me, God. This is something that's been on my heart for quite some time to talk with you guys about. They'll fix that. And I'm really eager and excited to pour into you guys. I'm eager and excited to to talk about what it looks like, this relationship series, and, and how important and how crucial it is to ensure that all of us have a healthy relationship with God and with one another. And tonight we're gonna talk about the nuts and bolts of that, but we're gonna cover a ser- a whole bunch of different things that are really gonna be absolutely paramount no matter where you're at in your relationships right now. It doesn't matter if you're married, been married, if you have kids, if you don't have kids, if you're dating, thinking about dating, or you're like, I'm going to be celibate the rest of my life, single for life, you know, and that's your cut, your bread and butter. Awesome. Fantastic. Doesn't matter. Or if you've known God for a long time, or you're just beginning a journey in your relationship with God, I promise you there's going to be a lot here. Over the next several weeks, we're going to cover several topics such as dating, courtship, true beauty, the language of love, intimacy, sustaining relationship, communication, finances, pornography, trust spirituality, kids, home life, and several more topics from many more people, not just myself. So I'm really, really excited that we would buckle down into this and and, and go this route because I truly believe God has some stuff for you tonight. But tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about relationship and what that means within who our God is. So if you're following along with the notes, the notes are in the app. You can track along with us there as well. God's existence is A, relationship. This is kind of a trippy thought just to even think about it. Understanding this is central to where we're going to be going over for the next several weeks. So we have to start here. Understand this. We believe that our God is a triune God. He is God eternally existent, one God eternally existent in three separate persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So our God in and of himself is a relationship. He has a relationship in and of himself, one with another. And we're going to look into this a little bit more here. But let's go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to be a little bit teachy tonight, okay? But track with me. Genesis chapter 1, one of my favorite verses, verse 26. God is speaking and God says, Let us make man in our image and according to our likeness. He says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creepy thing that creeps on the earth. All the creeps in the house say, hey. Oh, man. Okay. Didn't think anybody was going to say anything. Okay, so God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. I love this verse. It's, a, it's an incredible verse of God speaking and him and of himself proving his own triunity. He's saying, let us make man in our image. Who's talking? I mean, it's God. It's this eternally existent three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit speaking, the Father and the Word and the Spirit, all the way back in Genesis chapter 1 at the creation story. 
Very cool. There's a song by a guy I love. His name is Jake Hamilton. We just saw him the other day when we went over to Arizona, and there's a, a stadium event that took place at Sun Devil Stadium, and it was a 12-hour day of prayer and fasting and worship, and uh, all kinds of incredible things happened there. In fact, even Kanye West showed up and, and, and performed there with his Sunday service uh, assortment that they had. It was incredible. It was an amazing time of worship and all kinds of stuff, and Jake did amazing. And In fact, he just texted me. We might have him here in a few weeks. I'll let you know if that happens, but Jake's awesome. But he's got a song called It's a Garden. And in this song called It's a Garden, there's a line that he says. It's not one of the lyrics. He's actually speaking in this part. And he says this. He says, God wasn't bored in heaven one day and then decided to create man. He created man out of love. God's capacity for love was so overwhelming that he gave his love action and movement. That's you and me. Just like he calls us to do. His love relationship, his passion for, for relationship burst man onto the storyboard of life. His desire for relationship, motivated out of love, burst humanity onto the scene of the earth. When we think about God, it's easy for us to relate to Jesus because he's someone that we can visualize. We just put on the Passion of the Christ again and watch it, and we're like, Jesus looks just like Jim Caviezel. Looks amazing. Like, I don't know. We can, we can personalize that because we can have relationship. It's easier to have relationship with a man who, who we know walked and talked and spoke and, and did all the things that Jesus did so we can understand that. He carried humanity as well as he carried deity. But Jesus came to show us how to walk in relationship with the Father. In fact, everything he did was out of radical obedience to the Father. Scripture tells us that there was nothing that Jesus did unless he first saw the Father do it. Like radical obedience. Whatever the Father was doing, that's what Jesus did. One of his primary missions here on earth was to reveal the Father. He told his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm here to show him to you. Here's what Jesus was saying. Want to know God? Get to know me. So Jesus was this perfect imagery, this perfect understanding of who our God was. So you and I today can have relationship with Jesus and therefore have relationship with the Father. There was a person we were having conversation with the other day, and they were all about relationship with God but wanted nothing to do with relationship with Jesus. And there was a whole lot I could have said about that and a whole rabbit trail we could have gone on. But my biggest point was this. Man, you're just making it really hard on yourself <laughs> because Jesus came to show us the Father. So if you want to get to know God, you have the, the, the most profound example in the life of Christ. In fact, it says it like this in Colossians 2.9, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Bill Johnson puts it like this. He says, Jesus Christ is perfect theology. Everything you want to know about the Father, if you can't substantiate it in the life of Christ, then you need to change the way you think. If we have any concept or understanding of who the Father is and we cannot substantiate it in the life of Christ, we need to change our thinking. Jesus is the perfect picture. In him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Just look at Christ and you're going to get a really strong, perfect understanding of who our triune God is. See, Jesus revealed to us the best possible way to have relationship with God and with each other. 
It was in the life of Jesus. His life is our perfect example. Now let's take a look at a couple different times in Scripture where the triune God is in action. Okay, so here's one of my favorite ones. It's in Matthew chapter 3, verses 16. This is when Jesus is getting baptized. Remember John? He's like, I indeed baptized you guys with, a, with water, but there is one who's coming after me who's mightier than I, whose sandal strap I'm not even worthy to latch it. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, and it's going to be awesome. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He's going to thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. He's like the son of God. Oh, there he is right there. That dude, that's him. <laughs> like he's super excited. Jesus bursts up onto the scene, and Jesus, John's like, I should be getting baptized by you by you. And Jesus is like, I want to go swimming so bad. Like, let's do this, right? Like, let's go. So he goes in verse 16. This is what it says in Matthew three. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. So we have the triune God all present in this moment. Jesus is getting baptized. The Holy Spirit is descending on him like a dove and alighting upon him. And then the voice of the Father pronouncing from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You could see the different personalities, the different characters within the story all existing right here. Now, another, in another instance, Jesus is teaching on the coming of the Holy Spirit, and he tells them in John 14, 16, he tells them, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. He's talking to them about the benefit of the Holy Spirit because he's saying, listen, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and it's going to be amazing for you. And they're like, Jesus, you're, you're God in the flesh. What could be better than you right here with me? Jesus says, listen, I'm going to send you another helper. Now, this word is an interesting study, this word another. It's the Greek word allos, and it means another of the same kind. Now, let me elaborate a little bit further. You're sitting on a pew right here. Now, that could also be known as a chair. Now, this over here can also be specified as a chair. You see it? This is a different kind of chair than that kind of chair, an allos means that pew and that pew and that chair and that chair. Those are another but of the same kind. Does that make sense? They're all chairs, but that's another of the same kind. So when Jesus said the Holy Spirit is coming, he's going to be another helper, another advocate, a parakletos, one who comes alongside you to help. When he shows up on the scene, he's going to be just like me, just like these chairs are one and the same. They're another of the same kind. He's not going to be someone entirely different. He's going to be another of the same kind. You feel me on that? Okay. But the bottom line is this. It's another of the same kind. We see the Holy Spirit this way in the, in the triune relationship of God. They're equal in honor, equal in existence, however different in function, further creating more relationship within our God. Now check it out. This isn't too much of a, of a stretch to grasp. And here's what I mean. You are a spirit who has a soul but lives in a body, right? You have a relationship with each piece of who you are. How, how many, let me put this in an example like this. How many times has your spirit desired to do something but your body didn't want to do it? And so you're, gonna have, you're having a relationship issue within yourself. Because your spirit man is like, I crave the word of God. But your fleshly man is like, but reruns of Everybody Loves Raymond is on. And I really need to see that episode for the fifth time. And there's a war that's going on on the inside of you. Or in your soulish realm, 
perhaps your mind, your will, and your emotions, the pieces that make up who you are, those things are wanting to do something, but there's a, a physical affliction or a physical problem or even a spiritual issue that says no dice. You're having this internal relational problem that's going on on the inside of you because you can't get all three of your parts to agree. That's why we're in a season of fasting is because we're teaching our fleshly nature to say, uh-uh, spirit is in control. And I think we make a mistake if we only do that for three weeks out of the year, for the record. Three weeks is just to help jumpstart you to a lifestyle for the rest of the year of teaching our spirit man to play the trump card against the fleshly man. So that the, the flesh, the nature, the body, the us, that makes us our, this thing is, is submissive to the spirit nature. And this whole dance is about learning to take the relationship of our spirit nature to the highest degree because that's the one that's crying out to the Christ. That's the one that's desiring righteousness. That's the one that says, I want to be in his presence. That's the one who cries out, Abba, Father. It's that one. So it's teaching ourselves to be in right relationship with our God that way. Relationship, it's a noun. It means a connection, an association, or an involvement with something. It's how or why something relates to something else. You can have a relationship with all kinds of things. You can have a relationship with the person next to you. You can have a relationship with a dog or a rabbit, like we just got a rabbit. You kind of hear some stories about our rabbit soon. Uh, you can have a relationship with this. You can have a relationship with your clothes that you wear. You can have a relationship with all kinds of different things. We're built inside of relationships. So understanding why God built us this way and learning to collaborate with this wonderful world within his design is both beautiful and necessary. So check it out. When our body was designed by God, it was designed with relationship in mind. Let me help you. Our heart has a relationship with blood. And the blood has a relationship with the brain. And the brain has a relationship with the lungs. And this whole thing only functions in right relationship. And how many people in here can understand the fact that when something gets out of right relationship one with another, stuff starts breaking down and you got issues. And we got to get back to how do we fix the relationship that's, that's not firing the way it's supposed to, it's not acting the way it's supposed to before more relationships start getting messed up. Because we compensate for it, don't we? We think it's our hip that mess up, but we start walking like this for six weeks, and all of a sudden your back messes up, so now all of a sudden your neck's messed up, and before you know it, you're crawling your way in, all messed up, because we compensated for every relational dysfunction. So we're learning how to say, God, even, even this, the way that you built us, is a reminder of the priority of relationships just the way that you are. Let's chat a little bit about relationship one with another. What are some key relationships in your life right now? Maybe your relationship with your boss. Ugh. People are like, oh, man. Maybe it's your relationship with your classmates. Relationship with your pastor. Hey. Maybe it's your relationship with your spouse or your kids or your grandkids or your dog. I don't know. There's some relationships in your life that are probably some really important relationships. Let's talk about your relationship with your family. These relationships are important to you one way or another. Some, some relationships that we have in our world are relationships that we chose, and others are relationships that we have to be in relationship with. For example, you probably chose your relationship with your spouse, but I, I'm sorry that you didn't get to choose your relationship with your pastor. 
That's okay. I'm sorry. I just apologize right now. Unless you're, of course, Ashley, in which case you chose your pastor and your spouse in the same function. I'll just, you know, I'll take both cards. I'm just kidding. I'm just totally joking. <laughs> Where do we look for guidance on how to navigate these relationships? How do we gauge whether or not these relationships are healthy? What do we do when we notice a problem within these relationships? All valid questions in each circumstance will likely, likely merit a different answer. My intention tonight is not to address every problem that you could be facing or every wonderful, blissful moment that you have within these relationships, but it's really to hammer this one big thought. And let's create an example here in order to bring this point to life. Okay, Mitchell, I'm going to need your help real quick here. So come over here. I got these wonderful balloons here. I worked really hard to make sure these didn't float away. And I can't tell you how many times they popped and I had to re-blow them back up. Mitchell, take these white ones here. All right, Shane, come over here too. Do me a favor, Shane. Grab the blue and the green balloon. Uh, I changed my mind. Grab the black and the green. Oh, good catch, brother. See, that's why you call Shane right there. All right, cool. Here we go. Voila. All right, we're in action. Okay, this is Mitchell. Mitchell is going to represent God for me. Okay, and now this is going to represent Josiah. In fact, I got the wife right here, I got Judah right here, and I got Emma right here. This is my cute little family. Emma's five, Judah's three, and the wife, you don't need to know her age. That's okay. Okay, so when I have relationship between me and God, this relationship is strong. This relationship is peaceful. This relationship is secure. This relationship is helpful. This relationship is beneficial. This relationship gives alignment and order to my life and the, some of the things that are the most important to me. Now, Grant, come over here real quick. Why don't you grab this black balloon real quick? Fantastic. And Shane, grabbing those two other like strings right there for me. So here's what's going on in our world. This is strong. Let's say you get saved. You're going to church. Give one of those to, to Grant as well. So this is healthy, this is strong, this is growing. And then all of a sudden, one day something happens. Grant, give me the other side of this one right here. Let's say this black balloon represents the devil, okay? And now the devil, sorry, you just look so handsome. I don't know, you just, okay, you're the devil tonight. So, and Mitch, you gotta let the balloons high, nice and high. So Jesus reigns high on there. There you go, that a boy. There you go, you look cute. Okay, so when the devil comes into your life, Here's what's happened is sometimes the devil starts fighting for your attention. So go ahead, give me a like, he's tugging on me, and, and all of a sudden there's like, there's turmoil that starts to happen. He starts throwing temptation my way. He starts throwing this that way. He starts throwing anger that way. And before I know it, 
things start getting way out of alignment. Remember when I was focused right here with just the Lord, everything was docile. It was in order. It was perfect. But now I got something pulling me this direction. And all of a sudden, things start getting out of whack and a little funky. Now, let's say Grant over here, or say Grant, let's say Shane over here, represent, his green balloon represents money. So let me get the other side of this. All of a sudden, you get a promotion at work, and you're like, praise God for the promotion. You're excited about it and everything. But now he starts pulling me that direction, and he starts jerking me this way. And I got the devil pulling me this way. And I got Mitchell pulling me, trying to keep me in alignment. But everything's pulling me all these different directions. And guess what's getting tugged along the entire time? My wife, my son, and my daughter. The more relationships that I try to come into, when, I, when, when it gets introduced into my relationship with God, it starts creating turmoil, and it doesn't just affect me, it affects the people all around me. All of a sudden, the devil's pulling me, and they're along for the ride. I show up late from uh, a hard day's work, and I had temptation and stuff, and guess what? I'm grumpy, and I'm angry, and so I don't respond to my wife right, or I don't want to play with my kids right, or all of a sudden, I'm working extra hours, and things are difficult, and I'm getting pulled way over here, and so when it's Saturday, and I'm supposed to spend time with my family, I can't because I got to go make more money, and I got to do this, and I gotta build my career, and I gotta establish my brand, and I gotta do all this different stuff. And the whole time, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are right here saying, I'm trying to get you back into alignment. Would you just help me? And, and, and I believe that when we stay in alignment with God, when we stay close to him, I believe something begins to happen in our life where all of a sudden the temptations, I feel like it's almost like what happens is he, he begins to cut the ties from these kinds of things. And, and the, what the Lord does is he comes over here and he starts to take the influence of the devil and he removes it from your life. And he comes back to the influence of finances or this junk or that junk, and he starts to remove those things from our life. And all of a sudden I'm able to reestablish my relationship with God and things remain solid again. Here's the bottom line that I really want you to catch from this, is that your relationship with God not just affects you, it affects the people all around you. And if we ditch this and get pulled every other way, our whole family and the people we're surrounded with are in tumultuous situations all the time. You guys can be seated. Thank you so much. Go ahead and hold those. They're for you. If you can imagine the picture of your family, and some of you have been victims of this, you know what it's like to be a part of a family situation or a dynamic where you're like, hey, all of these things are, are, are good. It's not, it's not bad to make money, and it's not bad to have a great job, and it's not bad to have a career, and it's not bad to be an entrepreneur. All those things are phenomenal, but we just have to understand that every time we introduce another relationship that is outside of our relationship with God, the, the, the prospect of turmoil is there. And every single person you're connected to gets jerked along for the ride. And sometimes that's not something we signed up for, and sometimes it is. I heard a story today, our, our general superintendent, uh, his name's Rich Guerra, he's an incredible man. He said that when he was, uh, he told us the story about how he proposed to his now wife, and, and she made a comment. She said, I'm just now realizing, there go the Holy Ghost right there. Praise you, Jesus. It's going to alight upon somebody. I'm just kidding. Um, he said that when she made the commitment to, to be married to him, she knew that she was going to have to share him with the world. And he was like, man, if that's, if that's probably true, I don't know if I was in your shoes if I would make that decision. And she said, I'm willing to do that. I know that I'm going to have to share you 
with the thousands upon thousands of people that are going to grasp for your attention. But it was something that they agreed upon together, and they came in together to be stronger together for the people that were all around them. It was a decision that they made because that relationship with his career that he was coming into was going to affect her. And the relationship her coming into that, now being married into that, was certainly going to affect his relationship with his career. And what God was calling him to do as a general superintendent of the Southern California Network. It's a big deal. Here's the bottom line. Your relationships tremendously affects every other relationship. It's all connected. The most important people in your world, how you act with them, how you talk to them, how you treat them, is going to affect every other relationship subsequently because of the byproduct of that influence. My relationships affect my finances. My relationships affect my parenting. My relationships affect my career. They affect my marriage. They affect my ability to pastor. All of my relationships. So how crucial is it to choose relationships that keep me in alignment with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Not one that's constantly pulling me over this way. It's really not that complicated. Me and my wife, we usually base every major decision off of just a couple very, very simple things. But the number one thing that I base every major decision on my life after is this. Do I get more of the presence of God and does God get more of me in this decision? Is this going to draw me closer to God or pull me away from God? Every single decision, where we work, jobs we take, stuff we do, stuff we launch, where we live, everything goes through that lens, that filter. Because if there's ever a decision that does not draw me closer to God, I'm going in the wrong direction. I'm letting a balloon pull me out of alignment. I can't afford that. So I have to make every single decision to try to keep myself in alignment with him. Why? Because once again, Jesus was our great example of what it was like to have right relationship with God and with each other. He showed us how to do it perfectly. And every decision that Jesus made never took him out of alignment with the Father. Not one time. Not when the prestige came, not when the fame came, not when the money came, not when all the people were shouting, Jesus, not when all of that was going on. He never once got out of alignment with the Father. So he proved in humanity that we could do this. So if he could do it, and he's our perfect example, you and I could do it. Amen? Amen. How important. Now, in, in closing, let me chat a little bit about our relationship with God. This is huge. We all have a relationship with God. Whether you have a good relationship with God, a bad relationship with God, or an indifferent relationship with God, we all have some form of relationship with God. And that's why it always drives me nuts when I talk to atheists who spend all their time going to Balboa Park and setting up tents to try to just prove that God exists. I was like, you're spending all your time trying to prove that God doesn't exist. Like, you're, you're, if, it doesn't, if he doesn't exist, like, why do you even need to go about proving that he doesn't exist? Like, you're spending time trying to prove something that doesn't exist. It's like me out there saying, unicorns don't exist, and spending, like, all my time out there and all my energy and all my efforts just trying to prove that unicorns don't exist. When nobody believes in unicorns except for my daughter. So it's, like, futile. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, you're trying to prove it doesn't even make sense to me. I'm going to pop a blood vessel just thinking about it. So when Adam and Eve all the way back in the garden, when they sinned, it created a divide between man and God. It created 
a chasm between man and God. Sin, our choice, our choice to choose wrong, hurt God and created this divide between us and God. And for centuries, this divide was there. Now, God still desired relationship with us, and there were so many different laws and so many different ways that we were able to try to remain in relationship with God. There had to be this kind of sacrifice, and there had to be this kind of ceremony, and there had to be this kind of thing you had to do on this kind of day, and this kind of special tribe had to go in and do this kind of special thing, and then you can kind of squeak by for another little bit of time. It was through the prophets. It was through the leaders. It was through the temple and all of the faculties of the temple that we were going to stay in relationship with God. But then Jesus came. The fulfillment of the great plan to tear down the divide. Likely the greatest picture of this being the divide was this massive curtain that hung between the Holy of Holies and the Most Holy Place or the holy place and the most holy place, was this huge curtain. And it symbolized the separation between where God was and where man is. And worship team, maybe you guys can come back up. I would love that. This curtain forever separating man and God, it represented this great divide that we didn't have into the presence of the Lord. The relationship had been severed because God, who was holy and perfect, could not be in the proximity of the sin that we carried. And so there had to be all these different things that had to be in just the right order in order for us to try to have relationship with the God behind the curtain. But then all of a sudden, Jesus goes to the cross, and the temple veil is rent in two. From the top to the bottom, from where God is to where man lives, it is torn. Forever declaring, I choose you. That God made such a bold statement in that moment. Relationship with us was so crucial. He was so in love with you that he had to go and send his only son to die the death that he died, which was so intense, in order to create a healing, a rebuilding of the relationship where we didn't have to go through all of those sacrifices anymore. There was now one sacrifice that was good enough for all of eternity. There was one decision, one man's sacrifice. Scripture tells us that it was through one man's disobedience that we all became sinners, but through one man's obedience that we all were redeemed. And we've all been sanctified. Relationship with Jesus helped build us back to right relationship with the Father, which was the initial plan from the beginning. And I thank God that in order for me to stay in right relationship with the Father is that when temptation comes and tries to pull me one way or another, I can simply repent. I can come back to God and say, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm messing up. I'm, I'm being short with my kids and I'm being rude with my wife and I'm not caring when people are texting me and asking me, please pray for A, B, and C because all this is going on. And why do I have no empathy? And I'm recognizing a disconnect in myself. And I thank God that I don't have to go kill a goat and spread its blood all over the place. <laughs> I thank God that the blood of Jesus is already enough. I thank God that I just have to get on my face before him once again and say, God, forgive me. And in that moment, 
this balloon gets let go and this balloon gets let go and these over here get let go and some of the stuff over here that was kind of a good thing but it didn't keep me in alignment with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, those get let go. And I get to stay in right relationship with the Father. Right relationship with God enlarges our capacity to have right relationship with everything and everyone else. It's about right relationship with him. Remember I said earlier, all of us have relationship with God, but do you have right relationship with him? Are you in a right place with God? Are you in a good place with him? Because, man, he's jealous for you. You know what I know some people want? Some people want that when we talk about a relational series like this and all the stuff we're going to come, they want to, we're going to cover a lot of different things and we're going to talk. And guess what? Those are all tools and they're all going to help. Think of it as a bunch of different power tools. But at the end of the day, if you don't get a battery to plug into each of those power tools, if you don't know how to charge those things up, they are useless. It's not going to help you. So we could talk about, here's how you communicate, and here's 10 steps to a better marriage, and here's A, B, and C, and here's how you, we can give you all those tools. But if you don't get the power of what we're talking about tonight, which is, it's all about right relationship with God, right relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If we get that wrong, everything else is pointless. When I do my premarital counseling, I tell them, I said, listen, this is the most important thing. I know you guys are super in love and it's adorable and all that's going to be super great. I'm so happy. I really am. But if you miss Jesus, this is all. It's this, man. It's vertical relationship with Jesus. So you want a better marriage? Go learn how to pray. You want to learn to treat your kids better? You break open your word. You want to be a better employee? Get on your face and worship the king. Take your relationship with God to another level, man. And I promise you, everything else will fall into alignment. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. He puts everything else in perspective because you connect with him. So if you would stand with me. If your heart's not right with Jesus tonight, you're not in right relationship with God and you know it. And you recognize maybe there's some issues, some other relationships in your world that are not how you want them to be. I would like to propose to you, getting right with God is the single best step you could take in order to fix these other relationships. But you don't understand, I struggle with pornography. But you don't understand, I'm angry. But you don't understand, I hit her. But you don't understand, the alcohol's there. But you don't understand, the drugs are there. But you don't understand, I can't stand the way that he is. And so I'm looking for, for acceptance and love and attention elsewhere. You don't understand, you don't understand, I know. Get back with Jesus. I promise you. Want to be able to fix all that? I could save you tens of thousands of dollars right now. <laughs> it's Jesus. It's free, but it's the most expensive thing you'll ever pay. It's free, but it's going to cost you everything. It's free, but the price was already paid, and now you and I get the liberty of taking up our cross daily. Jesus is our perfect prototype. So if your heart's not right with Jesus today, with every head bowed and every eye closed in this moment, I need you to make that determination within your heart. I want to pray for you. 
So between you and God, you need to ask him, God, am I missing it? Did I think I had a right relationship with you? Maybe I really don't. Maybe I thought I had a right relationship with you, but when I look at all the other relationships around me, it's an indicator that I'm not in such a good spot. I want to make it right. If you want to make it right with King Jesus today, I want you to shoot your hand up in the air right now. Right now, right now, right now. Yes, that's awesome. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. I see that. Anybody else? Don't miss your moment. Yes, come on, dude. Anybody else? Anybody else? Don't miss your moment. Don't let that balloon pull you in another direction telling you, you don't need that. You don't need that. It's not going to work anyways. You already tried this. It doesn't work. Nah, it works. I promise you. Anybody else? Let's all repeat this prayer together. Would you open up your mouth and say this with me? Say, dear Jesus, I choose you because you chose me. I recognize I'm getting it wrong. And I'm not going to pretend like I've got it all together. I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Father, I need you. I want my relationships to be a reflection of my relationship with you. So let's make this right. Right now. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, that's so beautiful. Ah, that's so beautiful. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I'm so excited for what God's going to do in your life. That's amazing. You could open up the app and click on the decision tab, tell us, hey, I made that decision, and we can help follow up with you. We'll put the ball in your court to do that. But more importantly, we're going to worship for just a moment. You're, you're going to about to be dismissed, and you can go. But if you want to stay and linger in this moment for a couple minutes, or maybe you want someone to pray with you, I'll be up here. I'll have my core team up here as well. We want to lay hands on you and pray for you and just tell you we love you and agree with you that God transformed you in this moment, and your life will never be the same. All right, Father, I thank you for everybody in this room. Bless them as they go. And for the people who are having life-transforming moments right now, I pray that they wouldn't pay attention to the devil or the, the other distractions trying to pull them this way or that way. They would stay focused on you, mighty God, and staying in alignment with you, that it would literally help fix every other relationship. We welcome that tonight in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you like crazy. We'll see you Sunday. And next week, we're going to dive deeper into this topic. We love you so much. If you need prayer, make your way on up. We'll pray for you.